Hey guys, welcome to Content Candy's new, new show. It's kind of an old show. It's uh, Cinema Bias with myself, Video Drew, and Alex Mack. Please enjoy. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, what have you. Like and rate and leave a review. That's like a thing you can do on podcasts. And make sure to also check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways that you can support this channel, which is growing. Okay, end of thing. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. Yeah, uh, you blend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You blend. Yeah, you blend. No. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I do not blend. Uh, hi, guys. Welcome to Cinema Bias. I'm very excited for the show tonight. This is, I am one of your hosts. I am Video Drew, joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Alex Mack. Hello. I cannot wait to dive into this. It's going to be a fun yes. one. Yes. Yes, it has. So if you're just joining us for the first time, or even if you've been here before, I don't know what producer Sean's doing with his hand. It's always so confusing to me. Uh, uh, guys, this is a show called Cinema Bias where we sort of push each other to figure out uh, why we've avoided certain films, like trying to fill in each other's gaps and occasionally have guests on to fill in their gaps or have them fill in our gaps. That sounded dirty. Uh, but gaps of knowledge, <laughs> gaps of cinema history. Uh, there's a lot of movies that surprisingly uh one of the books haven't seen and we like to uh we like to sort of push each other's boundaries and make each other like you know sort of explore why certain movies appeal to us and why other ones just have no like we just bypass them for some reason big movies like the one we're going to talk about tonight which is one of my favorite movies literally of all time we're talking about 1992's uh jonathan lynn's my cousin Vinny. Uh, so yeah, so we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, I guess let's, let's just start right into it. Uh, Alex, what, what's, what's your bias? Why have you never seen My Cousin Vinny before? Who's managed this to go this far? In the life <laughs> this is definitely an interesting one. Okay. So this came, I was born in 1990. And so when this came out, I was, a, I was a wee babe. So it, it, I definitely wouldn't have been able to see it until much later in life, obviously. Mm -hmm. However, I feel like that's not enough of an excuse. I feel like I should have still seen it, considering my upbringing. <laughs> considering I was, I grew up on American Psycho, and I, it, there's no reason why I shouldn't have, honestly. So it's it's definitely it's 100% my fault. Uh, no excuse. Um, I think also when it comes to comedies, comedies are incredibly subjective and yeah. comedies can be very iffy. You know, if I'm introducing a comedy to a family member or friend, you know, it's like, if you don't like this movie, I don't think we can be friends. Yeah, you know? there's always that awkward it's moment like, where you're sitting on the couch yeah. and you're like, are they not going to laugh? Are they not going to yeah. laugh? Oh my God, are they not going to laugh at this movie? <gasps> oh no. And then you still <sighs> watching it and you resent them. For yeah. not laughing, so you can't. And you know, I've I've been through this millions <laughs> of times with people yeah. who don't like what on American Summer. But this movie, this movie is is a pretty important one. Like I, I get what you're saying about comedies being subjective, and I've I've missed a ton of comedies. I've missed some of the greatest comedies of all time. But mm -hmm. this comedy in particular is is one that's near and dear to to me and my family's heart, and we'll get right into that for in a second. But um. First off, guys, I do want to say that uh, Streamlabs is open. So, guys, if you want to donate any money, go to streamlabs.com backslash video drew. If you have any questions or comments or thoughts or favorite parts of this film that you want to discuss, uh, just boop it on screen. And then, like, a very creepy female schmobot will come up and start talking to you. But, uh, yeah, I guess before we get into 
what I love about this movie. And there's so much to love about this movie. It, it's maybe the maybe the perfect screenwriter's class on how to write a script is this movie. But let's get mm -hmm. into a fun segment called uh, Explain It To Me In A Minute. Yeah, so we're gonna give you 60 seconds. Tell me the plot. Tell I, me the plot, the, yeah. The, I mean, I'm just, there I'm just you making, go. it has a name, but like I'm just making my own name for it. Yeah, it's uh, Tell Me The Plot. But we give you 60 seconds. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, this should be easy. This should be easy enough. Okay, okay. All right. Um, so starting now, starting. Oh, okay. Starting now. Okay. So these two uh, college friends, they're, they're driving during a summer over through the South. They end up, uh, they, they're driving through the South. They go through Georgia and they land in Alabama where they're still trying to drive through and they make a stop uh, to get some food and stuff at a, at a grocery store kind of situation. And one guy like ends up like shoplifting on ac accident, some tuna. Okay. Uh, anyway, they leave the said grocery store and somehow, some way they, uh, you know, again, a guy gets shot, you know, the, that worked over at the, the clerk or whatever. And, uh, you know, so the locals are like these two shenanigans, clearly it's them. So they ended up like kind of tricking them into confessing and they, little do they know, they end up like getting, going into prison for a murder, which they did not do. They end up calling their cousin, his cousin Vinny, cause he's like, oh my gosh, I need a lawyer. It's his first law. It's, it's his first murder for the trial. And so it's going to a lot of trial and error, no pun intended. Intended in order to and get them off the hook. time. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I'm starting to realize what the issue is. You get real caught up on the setup. You get real caught up in setting up what the thing is. I was I, I was do. really taking the over under in the comments whether we would get to Vinny. Uh, no, I did. I totally well, did. Honestly, I'm you know, because, this movie, because I look like Judge Judy tonight, and because I because I you know I've got so much to say about this, and I will be talking a lot about this movie. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you continue. Continue your effort. <laughs> Even past Honestly, the it's uh, it's it's uh, the his lawyer. He's never he's never def uh, practiced uh, with a murder trial before. It's sort of first one. So it's a lot of trial and error. No pun intended. You know, when it comes to you know doing this, you know, first one, and you know, he's, he, he's, well, let me interrupt for a second. He's, he's never tried anything before. This is he's not even a lawyer thought, yet. Let me figure it out. I, Oh, I thought he he said he might have like done like speeding tickets or something. His so was he in law school? Ticket. His own speeding ticket, and it was before he was a lawyer. This is how he got into oh, law. Was he argued his way out of out oh, of that's his own? Right, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's no, right. I remember uh, him saying that. So no, yes. no. This is first. He's not even graduated from law school. He had taken the bar, I believe. But yes, uh, he had yeah. taken the bar, but he failed it six times. Yes, something six like times that. Six times as six times. Six times the charm, yes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so he's you know he his 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 fiance played by the oh my gosh the absolutely gorgeous oh Marissa god. Tomei. Can we just oh talk about how beautiful Marissa she Tomei. is? Oh, oh my god, Marissa Tomei was, in this movie. Oh, oh my god, I love baby Dia. I'm not gonna get into it. We'll do it later. But she's amazing. She won an uh, she won an Oscar for this, I believe. She did best supporting yep. actress. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, with her Brooklyn accent, it was everything. My, and well, imagine like my brother's a mechanic, my father's a mechanic, my my my, uh, mechanic, my, my father's mechanic. mechanic. Yeah, all my uh, um, all my uh, <laughs> brothers in law they mechanic. are also mechanic. So, yeah. I've worked in a, I've worked in <laughs> a yeah. car shop like my entire life. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you can say I know cars. I would say it's up there with Mighty Aphrodite, uh, with with the best like you know accent, accent. like it's, it's like her and it's like her and uh, uh what's her name from mighty aphrodite oh my god i'm blanking on her name uh mina servino but yeah. uh 
Great she's, she was so my icon for so long, like Marissa Tomei oh. in this movie. Such a style icon and like so beautiful. She yeah. is. I the throughout the entire time, I even brought it up with Lucas, you know, right after. I'm like, she is just like it's almost distracting, like how beautiful she is. Yeah, paired with Joe Pesci, sure, who's like 50 years old, 50, 55 or something in this movie, which is like so distracting. We looked this up last night, he's mid 40s. He's oh and okay. So, he, well he looks he looks so like pulled. Yeah, so he's he Joe looks Pesci. aged. I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But it was just like distracting to me. It just like highlighted how beautiful she was. But it's also funny how they try to make her uh, comically unattractive yeah. because they like purposefully put in like this like white stripe in her hair. And oh, wait, that, and they, that, you no, strong disagree that they're no, trying to make no, her. No, I mean, like, no, they, no, thing is, no, I think she, no, she is amazing. They, they, they try to make her look almost like a comic book villain. You know, she, oh, she looks like, she looks almost like, there's like, there's, there's an, an outfit where she, she looks like she's Cruella DeVille from the 90s. That's, you know, I loved it. It's just to highlight the fish out of waterness of like, oh, how I got they it. don't mm -hmm. blend. Exactly. Like York, and that's how you dress when you're in New York. Oh, and her like her like flora bodysuit situation in the yeah, forest. The, I was the like, thing, mm -hmm. wear the leather. Like you, you walk around like you're Jenny from the block in New York, but like in Alabama or like is it Alabama? Yeah, I feel like it's Alabama, which adds death penalty. Uh, yeah, that's not how you dress. Like you're not supposed to dress like that. Yeah. Uh, but you're not supposed yeah. to dress like you either. A big part of this movie is also mm -hmm. how she dresses. But we'll we'll get into it. Keep going. Yeah. But well, the point is, you know, she is, you know, obviously incredible, incredibly stunning. The point is, she's never not attractive. But the point is that she's a she's very done up. She's yeah. very other. She's very Absolutely. other compared to the soft, warm toned, you know, women, you know, of the town. And that's, you know, it's just they're very different vibes. And so, um, anyway, but she's absolutely stunning. And it, um, so. They have like it's a really interesting back and forth because there's there the entire time she's there she's like I want to help you but I there I mean and I know you're like in this horrible situation it's crazy difficult but I can't help you and that's making me so frustrated I'm trying to help you so I go get your your suit dry cleaned I'm trying to help you to so I can get you this or whatever maybe with the hotel and <laughs> oh my it, it, it just doesn't it just it just doesn't pay off oh yeah. Or she's like walking around in her little nighty, and I'm like, oh man, you're so stunning. She's so good. Um, yeah. So we, she's like the scene stealer in every single scene, God. and I, I felt bad because I was like, Joe Pesci, in any other movie, he steals every single uh -huh. scene. But the moment she's in the any for a flicker for of a hot second. second in this movie, she's like the, the only time the that she's in the audience and he's like in, like when he's in court because she's not allowed to talk until the end scene in which she it's not unreminiscent of my own wedding uh, where like you know, <laughs> as long as I'm not talking, I'm not stealing the scene. But then you get me on the, the pulpit and I've got a lot to say. Uh, no, it was it's a it's a great movie. I think one of the things that that really stuck out to me about this movie is is its kindness this time around. Like, yes, it is a movie about these rural people and this shadow of waterness and like the idea that they're putting on trial these innocent kids. But in no way does it depict the people of the town, not the cops, not the other lawyer, like the 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 prosecutor, as bad people. Mm -hmm. Like even though they're rural and they're from the south, and they keep and the and the kids keep calling them racists and stuff, and like there's a lot to say underneath that. But like they're never depicted as villainous. They're like yeah. they're uh, they're portrayed as people who have like good intentions, who really do think they have the killer because 
because of this really anomalous activity, like thing that went happen, yeah. which is that they drove up and they drove off after accidentally stealing a can of tuna fish. And then some guys with like an identical car drove in with the identical tire treads. And like, mm -hmm. so they really think they have the right guy. And I think that's a really big part of the movie that I yeah. hadn't realized until this watch around, seeing how like mm -hmm. we are in America right now, that this movie probably couldn't get made because like, no, like our, our instinct is to demonize the other, no matter what mm -hmm. side you are on on this. But like the prosecutor in yeah. this isn't evil. He's like a good guy who's hap happy to like, you know, declare like uh, the, you know, mistrial or whatever when the evidence comes out. Um, mm -hmm. It's a great movie. And friend, Fred, uh, not Fred Willard, Fred, uh, what's his name? Oh my God, the guy who plays the the judge, the, the Herman ooh, Monsters. Ooh. Yeah, so Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Incredible mm -hmm. performance from Fred Gwynn. Maybe like a He's life so defining funny. performance. He's so funny. He's a. Good. Oh my gosh. Um, well, something I do want to kind of point out real quickly is that I, I didn't realize it, but I was kind of, we're going to kind of dive into actually a little bit later, I think, but something kind of interesting coming in from the director is that the director is actually, he was a lawyer. He was a practicing lawyer for a while. He went to law school, he passes boards and uh, he, yeah, and it's like it's very clear. And I've heard from several of my friends that, you know, went to law that are currently went to law school and oh, everything. Yeah. Some schools actually uh show this in law school as like many a correct this way. Uh yeah. I've heard from many lawyers that this is the best law movie of all time. Like I've heard from many lawyers yeah. that this is like the best legal I, movie of all time. Yeah. I've heard it's one of them, maybe, I don't know about it being like the best law, uh, you know, the thing is, it, it was one the portrayal of uh, of a trial on screen, you know, mm -hmm. adequately, not for the drama or anything, which it does do, like, very adequately, but it's, a lot of times, it's like, it's not realistic, like, they're not using the correct terms, they're not and using... And most of the movies about that, yeah. about that, it's almost like this, I think the reason this is shown in law school if I may, is, is, and I, my, my, again, my, this is one of my ex's favorite movies and we love this movie together, but I remember his old law professor like loved this movie and it's because it basically teaches you like the tenets of law. Yeah. Like the first part is you have to say guilty or not guilty. You can't like go on an explanation for like, they couldn't have done it, your honor, but like, no, you just have to say guilty or not. You have to enter the verdict. Like you have to enter the uh, plea. Like that's, that's the first thing you have to do. Like, and it just gives you these building blocks for how legal trials run. Yeah, of course the, like, the prosecution has to turn over their papers. Like you didn't know that? Well, we as the audience didn't know that either. Like that's not something you learn from most like law legal movies because they obscure stuff to make the drama like more tense. This movie is all about like, uh, like just pulling back the curtains on some of these legal processes that I think makes it like joie dire. I think she says at one point, uh, he said, uh, Rob Schaefer, who is a lawyer in the comments is saying he went to Cambridge Law. He is not a lawyer. He would be a barrister. There's oh. a difference. Okay, Rob, wait, I hear you on that, but uh, you know, two Utes and all. Uh, I will say Utes. that I saw two Utes. There was a bagel place down the street from me in Brooklyn that was called Two Utes, and like it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. When I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm home. So, was it in Brooklyn? Please tell me it was in Brooklyn. Yeah, it was in Brooklyn. We okay. Love, I just want we love my cousin. This is why my parents and I love this movie growing up, is like, it's just such a, it's such a New York celebration. Like, you say that she looks comical and like that she looks like like bad but like in actuality like this is how my parents dressed this is how my like and they lived in delaware oh we got another donation let me see what we got from oh move Fenobi. thank you for your donation movie it's super sweet he says uh a little bail money that's great yeah the bail money, <laughs> the bail money. okay yeah. so can we back up for a second 
Besides the fact that my parents look like this all the time. I know. Like, I think it's, I, I love it. It really is. It just reminds me of like, I, I remember when I was in, I remember being in like eighth grade in a theater class and dressing up like her. Cause I was also dressed up as like the villainous character and I wore what she wore. Well, you also remember what <laughs> right out of so the it's 80s, like, right? So yeah, we're, it's we're, very we're, we're yeah. right leaving the eighties. In the eighties, it was all about power suits in the city, and like so, like yeah, sure. they both look ridiculous. Obviously, costumes are a big part of this. What he's wearing at the end, when he's like, you know, when he got stuck in the mud, like you know, he's wearing this big orange, like a purple suit. He looks like a villain mm -hmm. in something. I mean, I want to go back to two points you were saying. One, uh, Jonathan Lynn, I. It is on me. I did not know Jonathan Lynn also directed Clue, which is another favorite movie of mine from growing up. And like, that's just, that makes it like perfect, right? Because Clue is also a very talkative, cerebral movie that's a lot about the dialogue. And that's what matters to me in movies is like, this could basically be a play that you're watching. Like it's, there's, there's not a lot of action. There's not a lot of chasing. There's just, it's just dialogue. It's just people interacting with each other. It's almost like a mammoth film that's really funny uh, and with mm -hmm. less cursing. Um, Joe Pesci yeah. had just come from doing, so this was 1992, so he had just come from doing Goodfellas. Like, he was not, he was not really known. Like, I'm trying to think, Home Alone was 90, was Home Alone also 92? Uh, I think that was 91, 92, yeah. Oh, uh, 1990, so yeah, so when, so like, yeah, so when uh, Goodfellas, Home Alone, weirdly, and then My Cousin Vinny, but we weren't really used to seeing him as a lead. Like, uh, this, I think, was his first movie where he was the lead character, and not only that, but, like, supposed to be the heroic, like, you know, anti-hero lead that's like got Marissa Tomei and you're like, he's just a hustler. And I really appreciated that about the movie that it's really just about being being able to be clever and be talkative and he's, he doesn't know all the right terms. And yeah, he like, you know, is constantly trying to finagle his way out of the fact that he did not ever try like a murder, like he's never defended a murderer before. He's never defended anyone before. He's not really a lawyer, but he's got this innate sense of bullshit, which leads to some well, of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah. He mentions it that there's like a there's there's a conversation he has in his hotel room with uh, with Marissa Tomei's character. Uh, I feel awful because I can't remember the character names right now. Um, it is a uh, Bill. Okay, Mona. so it is Mona, Mona, yeah, Mona, Mona Lisa and Vinny. Okay, I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of the night, guys. So yeah, heads up. Okay, like you can talk like us. Like, okay, like okay. Awesome. So guys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna talk like this for like the rest of the night. It's just the way it's gonna be, okay? You feel me? Yes, okay. So, Nene. So, <laughs> it's so bonkers. No, it's like uh, um, but it's it's a question, okay? So there's a there's a there's a throwaway scene with uh, with Mona Lisa and Vinny where they're talking about how where uh, when Mona Lisa is asking him, hey, have you, you've never really defended anyone before in court. You know, what makes you think you, he's like, and they're talking about like fighting. Well, look at us fighting, you know, as you know, you know, it's like, we are already fighting and we're like fighting over like this piece of paper or a faucet dripping or whatever. And he ends up saying, you know, people in my family are like fight on a different level. Yeah. Like it's, it's not just a casual, like, you know, bicker and whatever. No, it's like, it's like legit fighting. And so, so he's true. like, and it's that's why. Yeah, I think it's, I'm not, I'm not good at that. I'm not, I, I wish I was. I, I wish I was like really great when it comes to arguing. Yeah. I, 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 I am awful at when it comes to arguing. I'm really I'm like laughable. But I love arguing. And I think this movie is the, is the differentiation. They're not mean people. They're not trying to fight people. It's just the yes. way that they are like, like is uh, they're confront. It's almost like they're confrontational in a way that they don't know that they're being confrontational. Cause that to them, you know, I, I, they're Italian, but you know, my family was Jews and we have the same thing where it's like, everything's like a why. 
everything's like, well, are you sure? Instead of saying yes and, it's like no but. And everything's an argument, but that's not our way of saying like, no, we don't like you or no, you're wrong or no, we disagree with you. It's just our way of keeping the conversation moving. And it's like just a mm -hmm. lot of people talking over each other and a lot of people being like, ah, but like, honestly, but like Chevy never made like a, like a, no, Chevy didn't make a 327.55. 327 didn't come out till 62, like that kind of only thing. The, only the Corvette did, let me tell you, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. the, the, the whole thing that they they talk about that I think is really like stunning. And the, you know, the way this movie is set up is so brilliant because you can watch it so many times. And even this time I'm getting so much more out of it. Like from the beginning, they set up, the first thing she says is like talking about the tires on the car. And he's like talking about the mud in the tires. And of course the mud in the tires mm -hmm. comes back like several points in this film, but also like, her using the Polaroid camera for everything, like snipping the like pink, the photographs of everything. The nice like, pink, idea of like the nice uh, pink one. Mm -hmm. the grits, like everything that they go through, every trial and tribulation that they go through in this town, like serves a purpose later on in the film that like comes full circle. And like, that is such mm -hmm. good, tight screenwriting. Like it's, everything that happens. Mm -hmm. This movie, because of that, everything you're saying, everything is like so wrapped up nice and tight. They, every point, every, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it, this is definitely a very quotable movie as well. Is that, oh um, um, it's, it's, we're going to go into our favorite quotes later. And I have a list. So let me oh tell you. I, have, I, have a list <laughs> I can't wait. Um, be an accent. I've got to tell you. Oh my gosh. We're going to do our accents for days. It's going to be fabulous. Okay. 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 So. <laughs> But it's a uh, it this this is a this is a movie that makes me wish that it were a play. I kind of feel like this would be a play because uh, it's such a small tight. It's a such such a small tight. Everything's wrapped up in the screenplay. I could easily picture this at any point. I see it like run a theater show. You know? you know how like in the movie Rushmore, like uh, Jason Schwartzman's putting on like like uh, Serpico and stuff in like his high school theater. Like this is like yeah. a play that has like some precocious child to put on for their like high school drama department, like my cousin Vinny, like that'd be perfect. Mm -hmm. You're right, it's, it's a perfect play. Uh, a lot of legal corporate thrillers can be plays, I feel like, I mean, they just, True. because of the nature of them, uh, unless there's something like, you know, primal mm -hmm. fear or something uh, that has a lot of exter like, ex external stuff happening. You really yeah. can do everything like Inherent the Wind style, 12 Angry Men, all that stuff. But mm -hmm. this one is so good. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you could because you really need the, you really need the uh, ambiance of how rural the place is. You need the outdoors scenes. I, I, I do think you can honestly get that with the right production designer. Honestly, yeah. I, I, you know, with the right person. And now, not to say it wouldn't be difficult, but there would be have to be obviously an active effort to create that small town feel where it's where it's a little bit, um, um, you know. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, but where it's like really kind of isolated uh, from, you know, from the city, obviously, you know, the way they look at everyone and kind of looks at them. And oh it's God. kind of interesting. One, um, of I, parts, one of my favorite parts of the movie, sorry to interrupt, but one of my favorite parts is, and this was such a big part of my family growing up and why we never took vacations. Cause we like went from New York. My parents were both like New Yorkers. And then we went to like Delaware where my dad was teaching and they very much felt, I feel like the, my cousin Vinny couple, like they were just like, they could never sleep because there was like not enough noise. Like there wasn't enough signal. <laughs> they were constantly living in like a haunted house story because every time like there would just be dead silence outside and they were used to all their lives, like car horns and people screaming on the streets. And like, when you come from that, like, of course, like the siren's gonna wake you up, the whistle's gonna wake you up, the owl hooting in the, like in the backyard is gonna make you grab a gun. Like this movie is very much about like, yeah, it's not about one being right and one being wrong. It's just about these two very different lifestyles like coming into collision. 
Um, like in a very like again, like I think in a very kind way, like in a very like in a way that's sympathetic to both both people. These people aren't played like rubes. They don't play these people like they're idiots. Like, and that would have been really easy to do. Make the judge an idiot. No, the judge is a very smart man. He's very they, canny. The prosecutor yes. is smart. Like the cop I, is. I, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I do think it's like, I absolutely agree with you where this script in the hands of another director or another script writer, this could have been a completely different movie where the main characters are ridiculous. And sure, they are a little bit. But I mean, they're, they're not. They're like they're almost like a neighbor, like a, a, a family friend that's, you know, that's like, you know, has a that's really funny. That kind of thing. It, it never feels like crazy, exaggerated, but you know, um, Kicks. Also, they never feel like rubes. Yeah. Her the outrageous ones and the, the Southern mm -hmm. people are the more normal ones. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like even like you said earlier where, you know, they, they, they could have made the, they could have made the cops racist or they could have made the local townsfolk difficult to work with, or they could have made the judge, uh, you know, like sexist or, you know, they, they could have gone in that direction where they could have made the smaller, the, the small town people villainous in some way, but mm -hmm. they didn't. And I really liked that um, because it, you know, and, and even and even like the the small town sheriff 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 sure. sure there you go sheriff, you're getting there sheriff sheriff oh. um he even helps he even helps Vinny like during yeah. the trial too and and it no comes down to nobody wants yeah. these kids to be no one wants Vinny's defense like here's the funny thing too is like the other people that are played the only people that are really played for rubes in this movie and I noticed this a lot in the beginning of the film they really front ended is like mm -hmm. Ralph Macho and and his friend are sort of played like. A little Not bit, like talks, but they're played like like they keep falling into things. Like first, it's the the thing where he you know they get caught and whatever, and he thinks it's about the tuna fish. So it's the whole comedy of errors where he's like, "I did it, like I'm, I'm the guy, I'm guilty," you know. And mm. but he's actually talking about a murder. And then the guy's like, "You shot the clerk," and he goes, "I shot the clerk," and he went, "Yes, Wait, you what? shot the clerk." He goes, "I shot the clerk," like he's doing that. It's like an Abbott and Costello bill. Yeah. And then like later mm. on, like one scene later, when Vinny comes. They think his fr his friend thinks he's trying to he's come on to the prison. He doesn't know who Vinny is. He thinks Br Vinny's their new cellmate and is there to assault him and molest him. And like that sort of played, like that is played for like they're like the they're sort of the rubes in that situation. And it's very comedy mm -hmm. of errors. But like no, like the people in the town are never confused. Uh, yeah, he points out some things that are that are logically wrong with their testimonies, but they're not they're not inherently false or like giving bad mm -hmm. testimonies. Nobody's giving Absolutely. a false testimony. People are just mistaken about what they've seen. And Vinny's on cross-examination manages to like mm -hmm. totally dismantle everyone's arguments for what they thought they saw, which is totally, totally plausible. What they thought they saw was a totally plausible mm -hmm. situation. So mm -hmm. it's really Absolutely. great like that. Um, I guess like, yeah, so let's get into it. What were some of your favorite, what were some of your favorite characters uh, or some of your lines? Well, obviously we, well, we talked about how amazing Mona Lisa is. <laughs> I mean, oh she really steals, steals the scene. One of my favorite smaller characters was uh, the man that uh, he worked at the diner mm -hmm. uh, where he served them grits and everything, where he's like, well, what is this? And he's like, grits. Oh, my God. <laughs> grits before. <laughs> it's just like I was like watching that scene. And I was like, I think it's I when I watched it for the first time, I didn't laugh. I was like literally the entire time I was like that. However, when I think about the scene, I like bust a gut. It's it's kind of weird. I feel that way about a lot of the scenes in this movie. Um, to be honest, but, uh, me and my family have never tried grits because of this movie. Like we've seen this movie and it, like we've never been offered grits as far as I know, but I've like when I in my past when I have seen grits, I've never decided to like take anybody up on that offer because 
They do oh. not make grits look very good in this film. Grits That's come very off true. poorly. That's very true. Uh, mm -hmm. Speaking of, uh, I guess we can get into one of my favorite quotes of this film. I think it's one of everyone's <laughs> favorite quotes. In the film. It's not the Marissa Tomei quote. It's the grit scene. And it is incredible. Uh, I'm just going to do a little rendition of it, which is, uh, so this guy is saying, basically one of the guys they have on testimony is saying that he saw the the guys enter, shoot the clerk, and they shot the clerk, and then he saw them peeling out. And like it took five minutes, and he knows that because he was making breakfast. And what he had for breakfast, he had grits. And Vinny like nails down, and I'm not going to back and forth. But he goes, uh, he goes, I'm sorry, I was all the way over here. I couldn't hear you. Did you say you're a fast cook? That's it. Are we to believe that boiling water soak into a grit faster in your kitchen than on any other place on the face of the earth? Well, perhaps the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove. <laughs> With these magic lips, I mean, did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his beanstalk beans? Like, it's just... <laughs> The way he delivers it is so, yeah. it's so fucking good because we've learned that it takes 20 minutes to make grits. That's something they've told mm -hmm. us throughout the movie. It takes 20 minutes to make grits. The guy saying it takes five minutes. He's like, gotcha. And again, like, it's just this perfect moment of like, that's not something he knew, knew from law school. That's something he knows from being Vinny and being really good at like figuring out logical holes in other people's mm -hmm. arguments, which is what I'm very good at. So that's why this movie speaks to me. Which is what I'm not good at. That's why I tell other people to figure out each holes in each other's argument. Okay. My, yeah. one of my favorite uh, quotes is from uh, Miss Mona Lisa. It was between a conversation when uh, both Vinny and Lisa, uh, Mona Lisa, when they get to the town where he's like, Famous for your mud? How's your Chinese food? You just keep asking about the Chinese food. You gotta let everybody know you're a tourist. Yeah, well, where? What are you? A fucking world traveler? Yeah. Yeah. No. But <laughs> goes, he goes, "What are you wearing?" Whatever. And she goes, "Oh yeah, you blend. You blend." That's the part. Like that gif. It's just going. Oh yeah, you. Blend. I, blend. I blend. What about the part where like they're talking about like all she's giving him like the ultimatum and she's like, "Well, you know, I've got my." She like stomps on the ground and he's like, but she's like my biological clock is, and he's like, he starts, oh, he's like, so let's see what else rests on this murder case. He's like, all I've got in the life is like these two young boys' lives, my career, like our marriage, your, and he stomps on the ground three times. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else we can add on to it? Anything else? And he just sits there like petulantly for a second. And he just looks up and it's such a, like a little kid moment. And you're just like, yeah. damn, Bessie is a comedic genius. Like a truly comedic genius. I it makes me kind of wonder that is it. I wonder how much of this was her. And when I say that, I, I wonder if it was like a like if it that was like an improvised moment. Did no. someone like drop her a note? Oh, uh, did was it just like a back and forth between her? Was did was she told to stomp? Was uh -huh. she told yeah. to uh, or like was she told to say biological talk? But she was like, "F it, no, I'm gonna stomp." <laughs> I, you know what? You might be right. Uh, I think a lot. You know, this isn't a movie that has very a lot of improvised dialogue. I'm. I'm it feels I'm like it. Would. Yeah. You, the dialogue cannot be improvised because it's such a tight script, and there's no yeah. room for meandering like a Judd Apatow movie. This is like Mammoth. Like you can't deviate from the script. However, like you're right that they have a lot of connection and they have a lot of funny interaction between each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if the the like leg thing, just sort of like when she's <laughs> giving this speech about like. What about the yeah. deer hunting? He's like, I'm gonna go deer hunting with the with the with the prosecutor, and he's she's like, oh, deer hunting. So imagine you're a tiny deer, and you're going into the forest, the little lake, and you're gonna go take a sip of water, and then blam, a hunter shoots your head out. So you don't care, like, you care what color pants he's wearing. Do you care what kind of pants you're wearing? Oh, oh my, my gosh! And she's and she like does a whole blap on her forehead. Mm. 
Yeah, it's I so mean, good. It's so good. So I'm trying to like see so if like good. there's there's an improvised moment there because that is that's a great question. That's something I don't know, uh, but it mm -hmm. does look like people have asked this question before at the very least. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's just like such a nice like. Uh, there, there's uh, there's moments in this movie where it's it's very funny because of the script and obviously it is but that moment i feel like even if she said anything else i feel like it's like it's it's her that makes it funny it's not the script that makes it funny if that makes sense it's just like the way she she could have ta been talking about the weather and i would have found it hilarious you know now here's something here's something that maybe will interest you. The the writer was this guy Dale Walner, and he actually uh, said at the 25th anniversary of the release of this movie that he wanted to cut Tomei's character, or the studio wanted to cut Tomei's character out of the movie completely, and wanted to give every single one of the big moments to Joe Pesci, who at the time was going to be played by Jack Nicholson. Um, oh, like yeah, they didn't want to make her the no. focus of it. They wanted to like have her just like a weird girlfriend, but not have uh, like not have her be the be the main character or like she's be a big enough character star. especially not the one who by the way is the linchpin of the of the whole film like ended up you know being the whole linchpin of the film I and mean, she she wins the case for them essentially mm -hmm. so that's like a very weird weird little note that like why would you not want her in it jesus christ it's, but I, I don't think at the time, honestly, Marissa Tomei was like a really big actress. Um, I mean, she's 27 in this movie, but I do know, I mean, the, you know, in the early 90s, she wasn't, uh, she was an actress that was making a whole bunch of movies. She was doing some side characters and some movies here and there, but she wasn't, uh, you know, she did mostly TV. She did, yeah, prior to My Cousin Vinny, she did a handful of TV shows. She did Oscar Zandali. I had never heard of these movies, yeah. The Flamingo Kid you know, playing for keeps, but- um, not a big thing. I mean, she wasn't yeah. a big thing. Uh, she had a lot more to prove than Pesci, who obviously was like the bigger star. But again, Pesci's such a weird choice for this. Like he was a character actor, not yeah. like the lead, especially not like the, the lead that you, you hinge a whole movie on, especially if the whole movie, what a weird coupling to like hinge a whole movie on that we're supposed to be rooting for Joe Pesci, like weirdo little Joe Pesci and his like, you know, his brash, like talks like Harley Quinn fiance. Or girlfriend or whatever and like you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of hinges on the idea that these people like on first glance seem pretty unlikable like they seem like they're not exactly he's not on the level he's disrespectful to the judge like every he has everything working against him and i think ryan Payne in the comments said earlier a really good point which is that he uh let's see where i can find it i want to get your point ryan because it was a really good one um let's see if i can find it he said he loved that part of the movie because it was uh Let's see. It was the part where, like, you know, the grits thing showed you that you can, um, here we go. That's a great moment because Vinny starts to show his brilliance and how he adapted his time in the town to serve the purposes of his case. Uh, yeah, so the screenwriter was also saying that everyone in this film behaves nobly and that there's actually, like, polls showing that people prefer, they think Vinny is a better judge, like, the, I'm sorry, a better uh, legal character, like a better lawyer. Like, there have been polls that have been, like, the best portrayal of any lawyer in any film has been, Joe Pesci, my cousin Vinny, beating out Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird because Joe Pesci wins his case and Atticus Finch loses his. <laughs> Which is, well, uh, argue, you, you can, can't argue with that kind of logic. Of course. 
Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a, overall, I think it's it's really interesting knowing that it's so accurate, you know, from a from a lawyer's point of view. Um, but oh, yeah. also it's it, it's it's also it's a movie that's not very aggressively flashy or dramatic in some scenes, the way they would present evidence or or things like that. You know, it's very realistic in those portrayals. And I feel like, if, like I said earlier, under the hands of any other screenwriter or any other director, this could have been an incredible very different movie. It could this, have, been, it could have this, been like kind of funny, but like also very like it would have just been a fish out of water tale, and it would have portrayed yeah. everyone as like stupid or mean or like yeah. yeah. And it also it, it probably wouldn't have been as accurate because you know the director his history with the law he very specifically he was like I want to make this very accurate that was a goal of his and so again under any other anyone else the the lawyer every I'm sure the a lot of the characters involved would have been a much more corny stereotypical. Do you want to know, know who almost played the best friend besides Machio? Who played who almost played Machio's best friend? It would have been a very different read. Will Smith. Uh, no. Yes. And now no. think about what fucking different movie that would have looked like when you add oh in my gosh. A, a Will Smith and like the racial dynamic would have that would have totally I'm I'm almost glad they didn't because that adds in a racial dynamic that I don't think they they wanted in this film. They really yeah. wanted to, like these guys realistically thought these kids were the killers because everything like everything yeah. was working against them. It was just a it was a moment of fate. If you add race into it, then it's like definitely if you add Will Smith to it, it's definitely they were profiling a black kid. And so I'm pretty glad that they ended up going with just a Jewish yeah. guy. But, uh, you know, that's the one time I'll say that. But, like, that's freaking fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, I do think that would have been a very different, very different take on this movie, a very different movie. I'm sure in another universe that is, that is uh, what they have. You know, similarly, so how Will Smith in another universe, he was, uh, this, he was Neo in the Matrix, you know? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's kind of weird to think of those kind of movies and how that would definitely change the dynamic of the characters, the relationships of the characters in the movies, but also uh, how the defense would you know, be involved with this movie. Because I wonder if that were the case, would Vinny talk about relay, relay, race relations in the, well, in the it courtroom? Just, it would, what do you talk about? You know, it would have been this yeah. thing that you wouldn't be able to not talk about. Like the film would have had yeah. to come about race. Exactly. And like, the, it would have just had to be a totally different film because like, if, even if you didn't address it directly, it would be this undercurrent, like that would just like see through the whole thing. So I'm glad it didn't go that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I, it's another fun fact is uh, that everything in this movie could have happened. Like, so everything, like, so even though it was heightened for dramatic or uh, comedic effects, everything legally in this film could happen and is like approximately correct. Like this is all when you get, you know, when you, when you are out of order and you're, you know, mm -hmm. you are, uh, you know, sent, you know, what do you, what do you use it called? You have your, Rob, help me out for a second. What am I looking for? They have to keep paying bail on. He's uh, in contempt of court. Like that's how that oh, works. Of course, yes. Two hundred dollars, you know, like having to, you know, you find you build up too much to contempt of court, and you have to spend the night in the jail, and you know, the whole. We haven't even gotten into the fact of like his whole shtick with the guy that's trying to fight him, and like his. That's like the first signal we have that Vinny is smarter than like the average bear is like he's not willing to fight the guy until the guy shows him like the two hundred dollars, and the guy keeps trying like to trick him by like you know not having the money and saying he has the money or having a bunch of one dollar bills rolled up around a twenty. And then he's like, no, show me the $200. And the time he's like, okay, got the $200. And he just pops him in the face and walks off. And that's like his, that's his, that's his bail bond. I, 
I, I love that little, uh, that little, like, <laughs> that little behind the scenes, like off, 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 off center story that kind of dive into a little bit as well. I think it also just shows, you know, um, you know, his ability, his ability, uh, uh, Vinny's ability to read people, you know, yes. realistically. And he's yeah. like, you know, we can talk about, you know, there's tons of movies that really talk about book smart versus street smarts. You know, there, I feel like that's the case. And this is definitely an excellent example of that. But uh, rarely do we see it in movies where it's, you know, where it does show that. But sometimes it's almost done where it's not um, realistic, where it's almost like, overly exaggerated you know where it's like no one would be in this situation yeah and this this is a little bit but i feel like i i know people that have been in this situation not like the whole murder not the whole murder thing in court but i mean like being in situations where it's like you're trying you're trying to where you see people trying to trick you and and into like giving you something or by trying to do something vice versa and you're like wait i mean i see what you're doing Truly the only people trying to pull anything over on anybody is the only people in this movie that are trying to do something duplicitous in this movie is Vinny trying to convince the judge that he's a big shot lawyer from New York and they have to keep calling. I was watching this with Lon last night and we were trying to imagine like if this movie was made today, like how you would deal with that Fred Gwynn element of like him being like, well, wait, I just called and like I'm waiting for a call back and you have until the guy calls me back to tell me whether or not you're a lawyer to like plead your case. We're like, would that happen with the internet era? Like, that would be kind of impossible. Like, you would just be like, nope, you're not a lawyer. Like, he says that mm-hmm. he represented the guy they got before they got the uh, before that they got Sam. The Sam. Yeah, he represented so the they- guy they got before. <laughs> like, that's amazing. The guy before they got Son of Sam, they had a release yeah, him from prison. Like, the so they had to fight Son of uh, Sam. And then they, you know, then they let him off. But he's, you know, he's got this great story about, like, I do think these things in this movie are clearly heightened. It's a comedy. It's a very, like, like it's 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 broad in terms of the comedy. It's very much like a. It's a broad. It's, it's broad. broad. It's, it's broad. A, it's a broad like, comedy. These are okay. Characters of people. This it's, is not actually how people talk in New York. Even though Harley Quinn talks like that. Not what are you talking about? I thought that was this is very New York. I thought this was like on point, one hundred percent. So so I mean like but I mean, what's, what's great? Yeah, two youths. Yana, why youths? So, I mean, but everything in this movie uh, in terms of legal stuff was so on point that they've even, they even lifted stuff that were straight from courtrooms, like the voir dire scene, the voir dire yeah. scene where they're interviewing jury applicants and they're like, uh, the, the prosecution asks like, you know, uh, what do you think should happen? Like, do you think the death penalty should be allowed? And she goes, this older woman's on the box. And she goes, I think should, they should be uh, up, left up to the families to decide. And he describes this murder and she just goes, fry them. That's like actually from. Um, uh, I do. I. I. Not recently. I also want to emphasize that he, she is an older, very older, white, wealthy lady. (laughs) But they do show that there are black people on the jury. Like again, this is very much so. Yeah. They, they, they very much like sidestep this whole issue, which I'm like imagining was like even, of course, even back then, especially back then, especially now, and like they're always relevant. there exactly. was one moment where they fl- where they kind of mention it a little bit where um where the where the lawyer not Benny the other lawyer I forgot his name the, yeah, the defense, prosecutor yeah the prosecutor where he's like you know when our ancestors came here as pilgrims from <laughs> from England he said something like that and there's this, like this moment where it kind of lingers on an African American oh, yeah, like, sure and they're like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. For split, for it was for a split second. But where it was really kind funny. of, I mean, yeah. It's, 
it's mm -hmm. clearly it's clear from its absence that like this was a movie that like especially like knowing the Will Smith thing like was like how do we portray the South and this and the fact that like this movie needs to hinge on the idea that there's the death penalty so we need to set it in the South it needs to be fish out of water so these New Yorkers have to be coming to the South but how do we portray the South so they're both like you know justice you know they want justice served and they want the death penalty but where they're not huge racists. And like they really had to thread the needle on that one, and I think they did a really good job by but what they did. But yes, they do have that one moment where the guy says, "Come yeah. over on the Mayflower," or "Come over from England," and that one black guy's like, "No," um, because that's I mean, the thing is that the legal system, and that this is not going to go on a rant here. I'm not saying anything too inflammatory to say the legal system has always been very, very biased against uh, people of color, and what? especially there's there's cases of that in the South a lot more often than there are in the North. That's just I mean both in the North and the South, but there was just that legal case um, that the guy got off because he finally got a podcast made about him, something Flowers, uh, Curtis Flowers, I believe his name was, and he was tried 12 times by the same prosecutor, even though it's illegal to try someone more than once for the same crime. And the guy kept getting mistrial after mistrial, so they kept trying him again and again, even if like afterwards the court overturned it, said he was not guilty, they would just go back and try him again. And it was the same prosecutor, and it was so corrupt and so bad and like, such a heinous misgiving of the legal system that this movie I think is taught a lot in, in legal cl legal class and in a lot mm -hmm. of law schools because it is such an exemplary version of the law. This is a version of the law where everyone acts nobly. Yes, I, I, I do think this is, uh, I, I, I would love to, I would love to think that every, like, uh, you know, prosecutors and sheriffs and cops and everyone, everyone is out, it's, or they're here for the greater good. They're not going to include yeah. their personal biases or personal situations in these kind of court cases, you know, um, again, in another movie, in another version of the movie, that is the case, but not in this one. And like every other version of this movie, um, but, the prosecutors at least out for yeah. his own reputation or they're bloodthirsty. Mm -hmm or like they're like Ralph Macchio Racist. looks Hispanic or like that guy's a Jew or like any of the various yeah. things that they're projecting yeah. onto these guys that ultimately they don't feel. Where he's taking money, he's corrupt in some fashion. Yeah, absolutely. In another version of this movie, that is absolutely the case. Uh, you know, but thing is, but I, what I do really, I was surprised by seeing this for the first time. I, for the life of me, I did not expect the sheriff to be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look this I'll up for do you. It. I did not expect so. that. I, I did expect in this world, yeah, that and also the prosecutor. He was like, you know what? After seeing the evidence in the middle of the court case, he's like, you guys are right. Absolutely. Because, right. That's, because it's actually you know interesting we're about the, prosecutor. Let's the case. We're dropping it, the case. Yeah. You believe. I mean, first of all, that's again, like in a version where everyone acts nobly, that's exactly what you would do. You'd be like, oh, we got the wrong guy. The like the defense declares mistrial, or sorry, the prosecution would like to rest their case or declare mis. I think the prosecution are arrested, so there's he couldn't rest. So I think he was like, the prosecution would like to whatever, Rob, you will help me out here in the comments. Uh, they basically are just like, yeah, we got the wrong guy, never mind. Um, we never find out who did do it. We do, we, we find out if one state over had the thing. But yeah, no one's working against Vinny. We find this out very early on with the scene with him and the prosecutor talking about why they both got into law. And one of them, you know, the prosecutor came from like a long line of lawyers. And then Vinny gives a speech about like how he was just arguing his way out of a traffic ticket and just arguing with the cop and the, the judge happened to find it so funny that he took him aside afterwards and was like, you should go into law. And this judge was a big part of his life. And that was who ends up saving the day with the other judge. But like, you can see the prosecutor's eyes. Like he's like, he's like, oh, that's like a good reason to go into law. Like this prosecutor is not a bad man. He's not trying to obstruct justice, nor is he trying to get a win in for like the legal, like for, uh, you know, for his, uh, 
you know, for the prosecution of the state. Like he's not trying to get this death penalty in. It wouldn't even be on him to decide the death penalty. Like he, you know, he, it's up to the judge uh, in a separate proceeding. But like you get, you get the sense that he's going after the death penalty. That's what they want. Now he's a great lawyer. That doesn't mean he's not arguing for his like side fanatically the whole film. But when presented with evidence that, that shows something to the contrary, like he's like, right. So the one thing that he does that's kind of shady is towards the end, he brings in a special witness. Uh, who's that guy? FBI. Who's in he's like that guy who's in everything, and he plays. Yeah, he's, he's that one guy. But even in that moment, what he does is give Vinny a phone call the night before and says, "Hey, I'm going to bring in a like surprise guest. Like, you better be. I'd be worried if I were you." Which is like a heads up that is like un. Is like I don't think was that's like like a gentleman's heads up to be like on like be prepared. Like you wouldn't actually tell somebody if you had like the surprise witness. You would just be like, "Booyah shaka!" and spring it on them. But like, you know, he, he does in this way, then she gets to be the surprise other witness. He calls her up to the stand they have this argument. And I mean, look, the defense rests. I mean, like uh, they dismiss the charges. Yeah, they dismiss the charges. Yeah. yeah. Because, and then at the end, the prosecutor is like no hard feel. He's like telling him next time you come to town, come stay with us. You know, everyone's really impressed. I mean, they leave the town, like not, not knowing, not the, it's not like they're all gonna become best friends, but they have a respect for each other that, uh, you know, is just kind of beautiful. I really, I really yeah. think this movie is noble. Is such an interesting word for it because it is. It's like a noble movie about law. I love yeah, it. absolutely. It's a uh, it. It is a uh, it is the only the only thing where it it lies in the movie. It's just you know where it's literally then he's just lying about his identity the entire time. Obviously, to serve the purpose of that's that's the point of the movie is him trying to help uh, help his cousin you know get through this awful situation. We wouldn't uh, if he didn't go through with the with the fibbing. We this movie would cease obviously. Yeah. Now, now that being said, this movie overall, it's 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 very very funny. It's very incredibly quotable, and you know, so many memorable characters and scenes. Uh, you know, pretty consistently throughout. This movie is like, I think it's like an hour and fifty minutes or something like that. But it felt like a quick, like. 90 minute movie everything was very quick it, there is nothing it's a very tight movie as well for being as long as it is but it um it's uh, there is oh no God. point where i was like i'm bored i'm just gonna go to the kitchen and get something real quick or no, whatever i'm gonna go away from that yeah it's a everything very very it's tight like it's movie. like the it's like the native american idea of like you know using all parts of the buffalo like every line of dialogue every thing that happens in this movie is like made use of the grit scene, the train, like what time the train comes, that's important. Like, you know, what time, the mud in the tires, that's important on like three different levels because that's how he gets his car stuck. That's how he gets whatever, but it's also how they ultimately find out about the tire tracks. That's what she's taking pictures of. Like the whole movie just uses every, every line of dialogue to get the most out of the most out of it. Now I do want to tell you a couple more fun facts about this. Uh, namely that Joe Pesci made an album as Vinny Gambini. Don't what? What? Yeah, because Pesci was a lounge singer. So six years after Show my cousin me. Vinny, he released what? an album called Vincent LaGuardia Gambini Sings Just For You. Just For You? I have never heard of this in my life. It. I need to hear I mean, it. I need to hear it. I need to see it. Okay, should Can I try it? Can try it? Okay, I'll, I'll play like 15 seconds. I'll play 15 seconds 15 of it. 15 seconds. Okay, That's yeah. all we need. That's all we need. Mm -hmm. Okay, hold on. Let me get it up and let me start it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty amazed about this, you guys. So congratulations. I know he quit oh. acting to pursue music like way back in the day. That didn't work oh out, my obviously. God. But hold on. Okay, so let me get it up. Let's get it up. Guys, this is this is you heard it here first, guys. We're doing the My Cousin Vinny. Mm -hmm. God, can you imagine? Well, we won't have to, folks. Okay, let's take a listen. Let's uh move it over a little bit here. Urge to visit my hometown. I'm sure that all my cousins will try to track me down. My heart says go, my head says no, it's best to stay away. But if I appear, I'm sure to hear all those jerk offs say. Hey, cousin Vinny! Yo, cousin Vinny! <laughs> okay, and that's probably all we can get without the copyright infringement. But it said, hey, cousin Vinny, yo, cousin Vinny. And that was that was a bop? I believe that's what we call a bop. <laughs> Uh, um, that's called a mega bop, lady. Okay, a mega bop. So I wanted to give you a couple more fun facts about this movie because, of course, like the fact that I knew this makes it obviously uh, the best thing ever. But there's some other really fun facts here. It it's a, has a spot on the American Bar Association's list of greatest legal movies. It's number three. Uh, it says it packs more packs in its cinema's briefest opening argument. Everything that guy just said was bullshit. Uh, it's best ever introduction to the rules of criminal procedure and a case that hinges on properly introduced expert testimony regarding tire traffic marks. Um, and yeah, as he said it was better than getting the Oscar, the screenwriter said. Um, it's also one that, uh, like, like we mentioned a lot of times, is like beloved in the legal community. Um, he hands us, uh, he puts Vinny under my, an, an educational film, says uh, like professor of the John Marshall Law School, not just because it provides so much material you can use in classrooms, you can use the movie to discuss criminal procedure, courtroom decorum, professional responsibility, unethical behavior, the role of the judge in their trial, efficient cross-examination, the role of the expert witnesses and effective trial advocacy. It's also been praised by a Seventh Circuit Court judge, by Supreme Court Justice uh, Antoine Scalia. Uh, he used to teach long, young lawyers at legal conferences, and it made its way into a legal textbook. So, yeah, this movie, yeah, it blends. Uh, and the two youths, the last thing I'll say is the two youths conversation actually came up with a real conversation. That was, ba that was based on something that actually happened between Jonathan Lynn and Joe Pesci where he was trying to tell a story about, he based Vinny on a bunch of people he grew up with that like were around in Brooklyn, uh, a bunch of Italian mafiosos, I imagine. And he was trying to tell Jonathan Lynn a story and he mentioned the two youths involved and Jonathan Lynn was like, what? And he was like, you know, the, the two youths, the two, the two guys. So Jonathan Lynn was like, I have to write that in. And it became one of the most iconic uh, lines of the entire film. I mean, truly, it's fantastic. truly a, a, truly a I, blessed production. I, I kind of want to do a deep dive into movies that really do their, um, that really show the professions effectively. Um, yeah. My, 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 I like, or like movies that really show the movie that show what it's movies like to actually be a doctor or yeah. like my mom's, my, my mother-in-law, she's a psychiatrist. And she, I remember her mentioning to me that the movie side effects is actually really good. Um, it shows really pretty oh, well, you know, right. what the psychi the aspects of psychiatry sure. that, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that movie, absolutely, where they talk about it. And I was like, uh, and that's Except the reason the why I ended up seeing it. It's insane. I mean, yes, I think that's absolutely true about yeah. like, but, like, the reveal in that movie yeah. is an insane yeah. twist. But the, the way the way when it comes to troubleshooting and understanding when it comes to you know, 
I mean, just like some of the behind the scenes, you know, sit, the sit downs with other psychiatrists when it comes to working with the pharmaceutical companies, things like that. You know, that's stuff that, you know, 100% happens. <laughs> you know, um, I think Sodenberg is particularly good at that because that's also the thing about mm -hmm. contagion, like did a very good job at like portraying mm -hmm. different aspects of the culture that would be under uh, that, that would be utilized in the case of uh, in how like actual CDC people were like would handle the situation versus the politicians versus the military. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, when, when we think of things like A uh, Few Good Men or we think of like other yeah. Primal Fear I keep going back to or like other movies that hinge on like a lot of legal stuff. It's very much yeah. like about this one aha moment and everything is sort of played up for effect and mm -hmm. the good guys are good and the bad guys are bad and you immediately know where mm -hmm. you stand. And this movie Absolutely. is 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 more like judicious to use a special term. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of another yeah. movie that accurately portrays something quite like that because usually you have well, good guys and bad guys, mm -hmm. and this movie doesn't well, really. I well, things I'm a military brat. I grew up in the I, I grew up with uh, my dad was in the military for over 20 years, and I grew up on military military bases my entire life, and uh, you know so. I remember sitting down with my parents and watching movies that are like based on military bases, A Few Good Men, for example, Top Gun. And my dad would get so annoyed by like nine out of 10 of these movies. <laughs> yeah. It would just be like, or just be like the way they discuss rank. He would be like, that's not a thing. <laughs> He's like, that's not correct. It would be like some like made up, you know, that thing of gadgets that, that is a real. I think A Few Good Men actually yeah. did a very good job at explaining military yeah. rank and legal procedure. Yeah. I just think it's like, it plays up this villainous mm -hmm. nature of the military that's like unrealistic. I mean, well, that's the thing yeah. that, but, uh, but say, but him in particular, his ranking wasn't real. Like the, the combination oh, really? of badges that he, the combination of badges oh, that he really? had in particular for, oh, uh, yeah, wasn't, wasn't oh, real. I remember my dad being like looking at freezing the frame and he'd be like counting everything and he'd be really? like, yeah, that's not real. So like, Jack <laughs> doesn't really exist. There is no like, what is he, what is he what, lieutenant? No, something thing is, like no, there, no, thing is, there is that ranking. However, the, no, no, the thing is the way, the, everything that's shown on here, like oh. the badges and everything that he has is not real. And he, you oh, know, the way. Yeah, yeah things like that. Like it's so, it's so, so a lot of the costumes. What's his name? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Well, the the costume. No, it's like costume for me. It's it's kind of it's really kind of funky when it comes to because I, literally I grew up with these people like wearing you know these uniforms every single day, and so when I see these on screen, I'm like, that's not allowed. You know, like you're not. You're, it's like if you if you're going to like if you're going to like a bar off base, you're not mm -hmm. supposed. You're not allowed to wear your uniform. You're mm -hmm. not like just like in Top Gun, where they say you never close your eyes and like look, 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 when yeah. I kiss your lips, they would not be allowed to be in uniform at that bar unless wasn't it's that on, on a base. Wasn't that an on base? Wasn't that an on base? If it bar? is on base, if it is on a base, then I don't remember. I think correctly. it is because it's the rest of them are. Mm -hmm. I think it is on a base because here's it, the thing: you can't yeah. you can't deny that Aaron Sorkin has mm -hmm. an like that guy has a lot of issues, and I know we don't like his language so much. You and me both. But like he does have a huge eye for the the details. Like he's yes. huge on like nitpicky details. So I would have thought that he was uh mm -hmm. like would have been really no. more about the rankings. Well, it's like it's it's different for every movie. And it well, thing is, my dad hates watching. My dad has a love hate relationship watching Top Gun because he loves Tom Cruise. He thinks it's so mm -hmm. much fun. But it's just like that. The call sign thing is ridiculous. Like when you are we talking about example, Top Gun? Are we talking about are we talking about A Few Good Men? Oh, sorry. I was talking about a few good men just now. Um, like a few good men in particular. Sorry, in uh, few good men. I my my has that the way that like the way where like the rule book. 
Yeah. Where it's just like the rule book where it's like, no, like my, my dad's like, no, they, they shouldn't have gone to Hard prison. Red. The code red thing is like, you know, he's mentioned it's like a very real thing, but be, they 100% follow the rules. So they should not go to prison based off the yeah. rules, even though if it is for the betterment of mankind kind of thing, you know, it's, uh, you know, they I, should I have been protecting. They, even though it portrays the military as like, mm. or Jack Nicholson, particularly as like a guy who they catch in this line. Did you order the code red? Of course I ordered yes. I mean, they catch him in this moment of hedonist. You the, reason right they're right catch him, the reason they're able to catch him in that movie is because uh, Tom Cruise like needles him about these points of pride and that the speech he gives is, is, is a terrific speech. You know, you talk right. about words like honor and, and, and code and whatever, like, you know, you use them as buzzwords. You talk around them like cocktail conversation. Like we live them. Like, I'd rather you said, thank you and be on your way. Like that kind of thing That's is real. a very, like, I've, that's a real, yeah, thing. that's a very yeah. real thing. It's also, I feel like a very, a very sympathetic portrayal or like, at least that movie like has an understanding mm -hmm. of why people acted the way they did, even if it ended up in this, the loss of somebody's life. I mean, that movie also predated the whole Gitmo thing by like a very long time. Like the, the whole movie yeah. takes place in Gitmo. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but I was, it's also really weird because we, mm -hmm. well, uh, I can't, um, I was like that. I, like, I, I don't know. It's like, I, you guys, if you guys in the chats, if you like, I don't know if you're an accountant or I don't know uh, anything. If, oh, if you the Ben Affleck spoke to you because that's what it's like being an accountant. I will say <laughs> totally. My father, my father is a neuropharmacologist uh, for the National Institute of Drug Abuse. So he studies drugs and drugs effect on your brain and body, which is how you get wow. me. Uh, so please like and subscribe to this channel guys. Uh, but no, uh, and he messaged me like, uh, yeah, he messaged me around December of last year just to be like, hey, you're, you're friends with uh, Ryan Johnson, right? Because name drop, uh, I am on the internet. And he goes, can you just uh, pass along that I love Knives Out, but the toxopharmacology and that would never work. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just go pass along to Ryan that his drug science was wrong. No, like, no, I'm not going to do that. But that's like the kind of stuff like in movies that really bugs my dad is whenever they get the drugs wrong. So when he watched yeah. Breaking Bad, he was so happy because he's like, they get the science completely right. And I'm like, why do you know how to make meth, Dad? Like, it's a weird thing. Better call Saul. Yeah, meth I meth is really, really easy to, is really easy to make in theory. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, but it's very often blows up in your face. I will say Better Call That's Saul, true. I think it's also- High risk, high reward. This, but I believe Better Call Saul also like is very good about accurately depicting legal scenarios. Like I know the characters are ridiculous, I, but I'm pretty I've sure that they seen law. It. You've never seen Better Call Saul? Oh man, it's so no, good. I, I saw, like, no, I saw like the No, I haven't. Oh no, the thing is, I saw like four episodes of Breaking Bad in the first season. I didn't like it, so I never returned to it. To I would, uh, I would say that even if you don't like Breaking Bad, like my my cousin Vinny is like a spiritual brethren with Better Call Saul. Yes, he's like a little bit like more shady and stuff, but he uses the law in that sort of way, and I think it's like debated. Like you were watching him. The mm -hmm. man's sort of downward spiral because he starts out yeah. one way or whatever. But I will it's, say that like yeah. it's, it's very funny. It's like a comedy as opposed to yeah. Breaking Bad that was all drama. And like mm -hmm. it's just like Bob Odenkirk does. I remember like in season three they have this amazing sort of magic trick episode that takes place mm -hmm. in a courtroom that's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, guys, yeah. I'm some, my comments aren't loading, so I'm trying to see if anyone has any any fun thoughts to say. Let's see. Uh, Rob's saying one thing that is incorrect in this movie is when the prosecutor examines Tomei, it isn't a voir dire. It's uh, be a Dubois examination, but voir dire sounded better. I mean, they already had the voir dire scene with the with the old woman, so I feel like they could have just, it might have just been a little bit confusing mm -hmm. to add in all these legal terms. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see what else. Yeah. Was, uh, I, Lana when, saying, when you said ahead. it, I, I read it like with an accent. It's like, voir dire. Voir dire. Voir dire. It's actually, it isn't a voir dire. It would be a, a double examination. Okay. <laughs> One of my favorite lines too is, excuse me, you guys ever hear about the ongoing cholesterol problem in the nation? <laughs> yeah, that that's on. a good one. Um, There's a reason why he's one of my like, low key like favorite you know character like, like at, favorite characters. Great acting is not about reading the lines effectively. Great it's acting is all about reacting effectively. Yeah, and I in mean, that moment, he is fantastic. This I knew about from real life. I feel like this this was the one part that always stuck out to me that there wouldn't be a surprise witness like this. Uh, there would be no reason why this witness would be a surprise, like why the expert witness would be a surprise witness. Like that would be somebody mm -hmm. that they have on the list and they could have actually just short, they could have short, shortened up this movie a lot if they just brought out that expert testimony after the defense, again, the defense rests, the, the defense had, sorry, the prosecution had already rested when they, when I believe they brought out this new witness. So that wouldn't work that way. But you could also have like shortened this entire trial by just bringing him on the stand first, having him say that and Marissa Tomei being like, that's impossible. And that would have that would have been the end of the movie. It would have been a really short film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I, I think the, like a lot of the extras in this movie, or and a lot of the you know very smaller side characters, the guy with the money, you know, like I said, with the the guy at the oh, diner, the you know, the the, 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 the yeah. I, I felt so bad for that guy. Apparently, he was. Um, he was, uh, you know, he had a hard time getting work after this movie because he was, you know, so yeah. So he was so he was so perfect in this movie. People thought legitimately that he was actually a stutterer and that he couldn't actually speak very efficiently. Well, I feel like that's that's on Hollywood, guys. Just get him in the room for yeah. an audition, and you could see that he doesn't. You know, for somebody looking at his name, being like, "Wait, is that the stutterer from my cousin Vinny? Is that is he the stutterer? <laughs> Wait, Dubois, but then it's Dalbert. Okay, I see it." Surprise, wait, uh, surprise witnesses, each more surprising than the last. The judge won't know what hit him. Great idea. Let's see. Uh, and I want to say thank you, Sean, for the donation as well. This is like a pretty popular episode, I think because this movie is so beloved. And I and I hope that we it's are getting to why. So I guess we're going to ask it now. Um, We've kind of already talked about the context, but does it hold up? Does my cousin Vinny hold up? I mean, you're the first time. This is the first time you've watched it. What do you think? I, I definitely think it's a – It's I, I think, honestly, I – to me, it's definitely it does hold up one hundred percent. There are you. We can talk about how you know how noble the characters are and everything, and how that's not realistic. And in today's world, it wouldn't work well and everything. But I think honestly, this movie could be made today. You we know, need uh, like today. Yeah, I you know I mean I feel like it's a really realistic portrayal. I feel like I, I also you know we do have you know in real life obviously we have a lot of corrupt you know people in law and you know and uh, that are cops and things like that. But I would love to show there are you know there are some people that are you know work in that field that are genuinely good people that are there because they do want to serve yeah. a greater purpose of for I good think, things for I the think community. That's a great point. So I think that's a great point, Alex. Mm -hmm. Is that like I would love to see a movie like this made today where like. It hinges more on the fact that we have these presumptions about how this small town wants to yeah, kill these absolutely. kids. But in actuality, mm -hmm. small town doesn't want to kill these kids. The small town wants justice for the killers of whoever killed the clerk. And yeah. like, they, it's it's not about these kids versus some other kids. It's not about profiling. It's just about like you know, maybe we maybe we if this movie is made today, maybe you do have it as as 
is what like one black and like we just assume that the guy the town is evil and like we just assume and we just assume and the reveal in the movie is just sort of like no like they're happy they're happy enough to have like the kid be innocent they like Vinny they like the kids as much as they you know as much as they them it's not personal and it's not premeditated and it's not based on uh it's not based on uh profiling anything except the car itself like that would be mm -hmm. a great film to have today I just think it would stand like even more as a like the movie at the time could play as a comedy. I don't know if you could even make it today as a comedy if you if you add in this whole southern well cop I would, thing. I think it's I also I you know I do think it would work. I also think that it would be funny if they kind of take on you know maybe instead of being from Brooklyn, which was like a very much a late '80s or '90s thing, like oh characters uh, you know fish out of water, you know especially people from Brooklyn, you know going to a small well, town. Like I feel like that's very much of the time, but. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, like you could, uh, I, I do think it would still take place in the South probably, but I would love it uh, if they, if they can probably talk about, maybe they could focus on, they could have like maybe an, uh, an immigrant or something like that. That would be kind of interesting as well. I mean, can I be honest? Like, an immigrant point, like what, what kind of story are we talking about here? Like it would have to be a fantasy. Like we're talking about something that would, would strain credibility so much. This immigrant and a black guy get arrested for the murder in a small Southern town. And for some reason, everyone's like good and noble and the whole trial plays uh, exactly as it should. And the, and the prosecution is more than happy to uh, to to throw the whole court thing out as soon as- This movie is a fantasy movie. Really it's not real. Uh, but it's what we want to be is real. And that's what some great yeah. movies are. They're what we want to be is real. And a lot of movies, especially comedies, they hinge on cruelty and they they hinge on someone being an idiot and someone being the buffoon or at least a group of people, if not the main characters themselves. And this is a comedy that is, it's not a gentle comedy. Like it's not like a, it's not like a Duplass brother HBO series. Uh, it is, it's got sharp edges to it. I mean, life and death is on the line, but it's a comedy in which ultimately the good of people triumph and good triumphs and like, you know, everyone respects each other at the end. And for that, I think that it, it's not that it holds up like so much as that I find it realistic, but that it's what we aspire to be. Like, this is what it, we should be. We should watch this movie and be like, oh, things could work like that. Things could hypothetically work like that. That'd be amazing. There's no reason why it shouldn't other than people yeah. are really, horrible <laughs> assholes, <Yeah. laughs> crazy. Uh, uh, so, I yeah. uh, so yeah, I think that's the context for it. Uh, I think that kind of comes to the end of it. I think we have somebody, we, didn't we have something uh, a little special? Something yes. Okay, guys, we're gonna be doing. We're trying out a new segment in our show. Thankfully, to a Mr. Rob Schaefer, uh, he actually inspired uh, me to kind of think about possibly doing something like this on on our channel. So, so uh, we want to make it more interactive for you guys, the viewers, our audience, to really like let us know your opinions. So, what we're gonna do is that you can create like a you can send us like a short video or a statement or just like your your biggest thought about or biggest opinion or thought about this movie it's the best that's the worst that whatever it may be and you can let us know in a video or a statement written statement and we can read it or show it on this episode at the end of Cinema Bias so yeah it's gonna be, be our and thank you to Rob for coming up with this like helping us come up with this idea because I know it's because mm -hmm. you had a lot of thoughts and I should have thought about this earlier Rob would of course have a lot of thoughts on my cousin Vinny <laughs> yeah, yes Hi, Alex. This is Rob Schaefer. Thank you for asking me to give my two cents on why My Cousin Vinny is one of the best legal movies out there. Um, there are a multitude of reasons why My Cousin Vinny 
is so good. From the portrayal of Fred Gwynn as a judge who is soft outside the courtroom, but firm in the courtroom is just about spot on. I'm friends with many judges, and they almost all of them act like that. Another reason why it's so great is Joe Pesci's examination of Marissa Tomei. When you're examining a witness, your witness, you'll want to make them the star and make sure that their opinions and their factual basis are really what's on display for the jury. When you're cross-examining, such as the man with the grits or the guy with the dirty windows, you'll want to make sure that what they are saying, the jury sees it as either one, it lacks credibility, or two, it it doesn't have any basis in, in fact. A lot of times when you're cross-examining a witness, it doesn't matter what they say if you put that seed of doubt into the jury's mind of why this witness should not be believed or there is another possible ex, uh, example of why what is being alleged happened. Um, just a great movie. Um, just a li- quick little an- anecdote. Um, about a year ago, I had a uh, protection order hearing. My client was being bullied, and he was beaten by uh, two students at a local high school here. And when we went for the, we get, we filed a protection order against these two kids. And when I was cross-examining the mother of one of these uh, kids, I asked her, you know, if her and her son had palled around. She said yes. And then I proceeded to say, now, when these two youths were palling around, did you ever see them act inappropriately? And it was a female judge, and she rolled her eyes at me. She, I could see her biting her lip, and uh, she just gave me a glare, a glare of death. After the hearing, she called me back into her chambers, and she told me that she really, really had to suppress laughter. Um, it was a genuine laughter, and she warned me. She's like, do not ever do that again. So I won't in front of that judge. Have a good night. Oh, wow. Okay, hold on. I'm going to have to turn my volume down because I had to turn it way up to hear Rob. That was an amazing story. Gosh, that makes me really want to like yeah. make sure that we have expert tests. Like we have expert witnesses on for every cinema bias. What a great, mm-hmm. first of all, like what a great like breakdown of why this movie is amazing. Uh, you, you hit you hit all the points. Uh, of course you did because you're an actual lawyer. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly how you want to cross-examine. Like this mm-hmm. is a, it's almost like a textbook model example. And that like that story is so funny because yeah, Anyone who's portrayed in movies and TV wants to be portrayed. They want their profession to be portrayed as something to aspire to. And like, I can see why a lot of lawyers and judges and stuff love this movie because it makes the legal profession seem like a, a just and noble career path. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think something he does definitely makes a great point is that, you know, people that are in this profession, um, you know, you know, uh, I mean, we have, we like, we're kind of a, formed by our media our you know as people that are like like obsessed with movies i am still trying to work on my <laughs> obsession of movies obviously um you know we're we're kind of programmed to look at these characters and people in these professions and things like that in a certain way so kind of how like we're we're trying you know it's it's uh, so we're tra- actively we need to remember we need to try not to you know stereotype you know some of these uh, you know people obviously in real life you know just the way we would 
would uh, we need to make sure not to stereotype these characters in movies. So we got to keep that uh, we got to keep that in mind. So thanks for bringing it to our attention. Love it. Thank you so much for that, uh, Rob. So speaking of, we're gonna give you a week out now, guys. So if you want to record something for us, we're sending up an email. So wait for that uh, that you can submit videos to. We're gonna be talking about the movie that's coming up next week on Cinema Bias. That uh, yes. hilariously, I was like, which one of us hasn't seen this? And, just, and Alex was like, you haven't. I'm like, oh, that's right, I have not. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are going to watch, uh, it is To Catch a Thief. It's by to Hitchcock. To Catch a Thief, yes. It's by, if you're, yeah. That's crazy, oh, this by Hitchcock. I, I didn't know that. It's not Vertigo, are you sure? Have you? Have you? I can't believe you I haven't heard of it. Movie. I just don't. It's, I don't. I didn't think of it as Hitchcock. Is it? Okay. This is honestly my personal. This is my second second favorite. Uh, you know, a Hitchcock movie personally. Uh, but there's a lot to dive into this movie. I mean, we're gonna talk about the costuming alone. Is it's everything. What? Is this one of the Jimmy Stewart ones, or is this? Who's in no, this? this is a uh, no. This is not Jimmy Store. Um, I can't remember his name. guy? Is it Clark? Not Clark Gable. Whatever that guy's name uh, was. Maybe, maybe it is. I feel awful. I can't remember his name. I don't know. Yeah, probably. It looks like Clark Gable. Yes. Um, but it's a really it's a story of a thief. You know, set in the south of France, and you know he's uh he he's on the verge of being caught by the police, the local police by Interpol, ends up running into a. And the police think he, because he, yeah, Cary Grant. Oh, yes, there you go. And he has like a, he, obviously he is a very notable thief. I can't remember what his nickname is, but he's a very notable thief, uh, internationally speaking, but especially there in France. Hey, thank you, Lon. Thank oh, you. We calm got it. down, thank audience. We calm get down. It. Calm, calm, calm down. down. Okay? Calm down. You need to calm down. Oh, it's Cary Grant business. You need to chill, okay? Make a little video about it. Send it to Cinema Bias. You can talk about whatever you want to catch a thief. Yeah. Take, take, send down. it to us and you know what to do from there. Okay? Okay? Wait, wait. Yeah. This, is why, this is why I thought I knew this movie. is because you said <laughs> catch a thief and I immediately thought, catch me if you can. But that's not only because the title sounds similar. Isn't that also like his whole thing is like to catch a thief? Isn't that why he goes yeah, to South the end of yeah. well, I mean, no, uh, um, and no, we're, no, I mean, I'm sure it's you know a reference too, but to catch me if you can by Steven Spielberg, it's actually based on a true story of sure, French sure. yes, right. but also his, his mother, well, his mother is French, and her, her his That's mother right. was actually from the village, the small French village from where the ending of it takes place, like that's the big right. finale that's of it takes place. So that's I right. thought I found something out, but I didn't find something out. You know, I, didn't, I, 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 I thought I just made a connection, but I didn't. I got I got my random facts. Okay. I know a lot of Hitchcock. I know a lot of Hitchcock really well, actually. But there's a couple of Hitchcock that I've never. I've seen like Rope. I've seen Vertigo. I haven't seen North by Northwest, but I know enough to like pass a pass a couple trivial questions on it. This one, I feel like I don't even know. I don't know anything yeah. about it. This one totally well, under the radar for me. Yeah, it's gonna be a really fun one. Again, it's one of my favorites. It's a very beautiful film. The the costumes are really fantastic. I mean, Grace Kelly. I mean, mwah, lovely. Oh, it's Grace Kelly. And, uh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm saying, oh, it's Grace Kelly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is Grace okay. Kelly. Yes. Yeah, she did. Yeah, this and but I mean, obviously, we, we can have an entire conversation talking about Hitchcock's uh, weird relationship with blondes. You know, I gotta say, that's a whole conversation right. in itself. Um, movie. Did, wait, Alex, real yeah, quick, did you know the answer to the question about the town from the birds? Did you know that one? No, that one? I, no, I've never seen the birds. 
I have not seen the birds either. That's another one that I have not seen. Oh, we have to get that on the list, guys. We have to put that on the list, the birds. So that brings us to our next part of this thing, which is I'm that, guys, there's a surprise. There's a similar thing, guys, by the way. But uh, yeah, if you like the show, if you like what we're doing, we actually have uh, a list going on. on let's put it on Letterbox. We have a Letterbox account. Uh, well, it's sort of like shared account that we're we're doing lists of, where we, me and Alex put down uh, as like a group, as a cinema bias group, we have the list of movies that one or both of us have not seen. Now that's not going to be giving anything away to any future Schmodown opponents they might have because it's not telling you which one of us has not seen it If uh, which of, of the two of us. It's just saying one or both of us have not seen the movie. And if you'd like to come on and discuss any of these films with us or like uh, try, there's a bunch of other films that we have not seen just in general, you can subscribe to the patreon.com backslash video drew um, where for a tier amount, you can come on the show and, and you can send us a couple of film uh, four or five like film uh, of your favorite films, and if it's something that one or both of us haven't seen, we will do a whole episode, and you can come on. We had Aaron a Aaron on last week to talk Beverly Hills Cop. We've also had uh, John Roca on to talk about Rosemary's Baby, a movie that he hadn't seen, and I'd like to do that again. I, I know we tried to do that with um with Lady uh, Justice Marisol. Marisol, but we got a little bit mixed up on that. Yeah, a little miscommunication. That was my about who should watch. Karate Kid, but yeah, that was uh. Yeah, that was my I think going forward, I would like to like take like, you know, have people come in and show us movies. But I also really like the idea of forcing people to watch movies that they haven't seen, like because you know there's The Gray and there's Warrior, but then there's also Rosemary's Baby. So that's not a movie that a yes. guy. It's not a movie about a yeah. guy. It's still really good. Yeah. It was really it was really interesting to talk to Roca about that movie, considering his you know history with uh, his personal family history with religion and you know being a south american and everything and you know that he's like yeah growing up or you know movies that talked about the devil or anything like that it just was not allowed in the house at all you know things like that so it's really kind of uh interesting to see uh talk to yeah. him about that and why and also that in combination with being directed by roman polanski obviously there's a lot of hesitance about watching his movies currently but also watching his previous works even oh. as notable as they are but if you're curious about that, definitely go check out that episode. That episode was great. I will say, I think, yeah, I, I love Roca a lot. Everyone knows I love Roca, but I, you know, we and him and often get into it. I just don't understand. He wants to do a podcast now that's about guy movies that are specifically about movies about the male experience. No, like, he, he, man. He, 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 he was, he, I, I do think he was joking. He was totally joking about that. And, <laughs> Uh, he was joking oh, about that, okay? I was so mad. I guess I was like, what are you doing, man? Rosemary's Baby was so good. We just got you on the side of Rosemary's Baby. No, I love that. I, I, I want to just bring it. Yeah, yeah. We 100% we need a podcast about a man, a, a, a middle-aged man, talking about movies from their pr totally masculine movies because there's no... I was like, I was, here's no conversation. I see, I'm saying the same thing, but about white people movies. Like, we should just have a podcast that focuses on movies just about the white experience. Like, no, you could never do that. So, like, don't just make movies about the male. No, no. Like, don't it's, be it. It's don't good to know that he was joking because, woof, that's yeah. a little But okay. I'd like to bring like, uh, a guy and like uh, other people like, onto the show because I would love to just explore what other people's, if not blind spots are, just like what they're, you know. Mm -hmm. introduce some of this stuff that I love and that you love and to like sort of embrace people. Cause when people see a movie for the first time, it's like a magic experience. Like mm -hmm. you are just, you cannot wait to talk to them about it. Um, and that's really what the show is about. So thank you uh, to everyone who tuned in. Thank you oh. to, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
I do want to mention, I forgot to mention, speaking of guests and everything, next week our guest is actually going to be a patron, of a wonderful patron, one of my favorite people of all time. His name is Ryan Payne. He's a wonderful guy. Oh. He's actually, yeah, he's going to, he's, this is actually his patron pick. And really? so he is on, yes, absolutely. His name is Ryan Payne. He is a member of that certain tier where you get to pick the movies. And this was his pick. He sends us a list of like five, four or five movies. That's so we pick. Yeah, and we picked this one because you've never seen it. And I was like, how no. the heck have you not seen one of the most beautiful movies of all time? And it's by Hitchcock. What are you even a cinephile? And so that's the no, way I have a conversation. I'm like, done. So clearly, we got some work to do. No, I've never seen this up. movie, but I am three quarters <laughs> of the way down uh, Charlie Kaufman's 700 page book about a guy who's stuck in a Charlie Kaufman novel to give you a sense about where. Oh, God. Going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's no. real good. Ayo I don't want it. I had enough with being John Malkovich. I'm oh my bad. god, have you watched? Have you, sorry, well, I think it's right before this, but have you watched? Uh, 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 I'm thinking of ending things. His new movie on Netflix with Jesse Plemons, and it's like no. Um, I, oh, I did watch. I know so I watched good. the first episode. I watched the first episode. Oh no, it's and, not a movie. No, no, it. Oh, is it a movie? Wait, am I it's anything? The one with oh. directed. Uh, it's not. It's not the one with the Sophia Lillis. It's this movie about uh, Jesse Plemons from the guy from. Well, you've never seen Breaking Bad. Tony uh, Collette. Tony Collette and yeah. what's his face from Harry Potter's on it? Yes, 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 yes. That one. Okay. David okay. Oh, no, yeah. Okay. I'm mixing up my stuff. Okay. Yeah, I have seen like 30 minutes of it, but I was annoyed by everyone, so I turned it <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's so for me, but it's not. The movies aren't for everyone. That's why we all have. Say it with me, guys. A cinema bias. So thank you for joining us on Cinema Bias. Alex, where can people find you? Oh, kitty! You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter right here, where I'm trying to aggressively hug my cats and they don't love me. Alex right uh, yes, I um, so you can find me on Twitter at real Alex underscore Alex Mike. You can also find me being part of the Call to Action podcast group. Please give us a follow and like us and subscribe to us. We'd really appreciate it. We're also found on Apple Podcasts. Right, Heather. Right, Heather. So please check us out right there. We'd really, really appreciate it. Every little bit counts and uh, leave a rating if you could. <laughs> um, but here, here later this week, I am gonna be hosting, I'm put, I'm really, I organized this last general standing event that we're doing for C2A. So it's like a free for all kind of situation only with action general. So there's about 25 oh. action generals. So that's going to be a free for all kind of style situation. I have written all the questions. I have over 300 questions or written almost 350 questions. Oh, uh, oh, they're all oh, like one, two pointers. I, I have nothing to do in my life. So I have over 350 questions, uh, you know, written out, ready to go for these competitors to do it. And it's gonna be so much fun. We have some cameos being made by some what wonderful is, people. It's this Friday at six Pacific, nine Eastern. I'm gonna check it out. I might have to push back video karaoke so we can uh, check this out. That sounds awesome. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. We love it what if you stop by. Mm -hmm. Is what? Shima Bates happening tomorrow? Well, that's the thing. We've have we've been having a hard time really with Schmobates. I we I think we're gonna unfortunately we can't have one tomorrow. Well, we are gonna have one next week. Oh, I'm gonna be in process of uh, really confirming everything for a usual suspects themed episode. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, cannot um, wait. Um, yes, also the week following is gonna be the a Droogs episode. So come in. Nice. 
Well, if you ever need a secret judge, just know that I'll probably be sitting next to him on a couch somewhere. Uh, Girl, I know. Uh, you can find me here at this channel. I hope you guys liked it. I really loved this episode, so I hope you guys did too. You can find me here. Uh, this is my channel, Video Druid, all across all social media and all platforms, like Redbubble if you want to buy like T-shirts or goth IHOP-related merch, Patreon, Video Drew, social media, everything's Video Drew, except for YouTube, which is now Video Drew 1, annoyingly. Uh, Mondays and wet Thursdays, we do the Video Chronic Pop Culture Quiz. Uh, so that's at 9 p.m. PT. That's me and Nerd Chronic, the editor of uh, the movie Trivia Schmodown, asking 20 deep delve questions about one specific movie. I believe we're doing Mortal Kombat as a Patreon-sponsored quiz uh, this Thursday. Oh. <gasps> Can I do it? Can I do it? So let's talk after the show. Let's talk after the show. Uh, I believe we're doing that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the answer is yes, but I have to confirm with Eric and like the person whose quiz it is. Um, we also have uh, Tuesday's Cinema Bias, so you can do that. Uh, Wednesday is going to be, it's usually my free day. So that's either doing Patreon study sessions or uh, we're doing a happy hour. We do movie watch longs. I have my PlayStation, so now I can play video games. It's a whole thing. Uh, Fridays is video of karaoke. That's at Twitch at eight, 8 or 9 p.m., depending on what's going on else that day. Uh, that's really, really fun. And then on Sundays, it's live in the dark with Video Drew back here on YouTube. That's my NK Fabe show. We just had a great non schmodown guest of Kale Anonymous who came on and we talked about all sorts of things, but mostly about how weird it is to like eat corn dogs as a human adult man uh, outside of a fair, which is, sorry, Eric. Sorry, Eric, if you're watching, that's a weird thing to do, but we can all agree on it now. Um, so yeah, guys, I think that's that's it for us. Like I said, check us out on Letterboxd though, uh, because that's really where the, the meat and potatoes are for if you wanted to find cool. us. And, well, how can they find us on Letterboxd? Great Drew. question, Alex. How can they? Mm -hmm. um, yes. they, can do, they can go to my account. They can go to Video Drew. There's a list mm -hmm. that I have available called uh, Cinema Bias Movies. So mm -hmm. if you go to my account, if you go to Alex's account, you'll see there's a clone list of called Cinema Bias, and you can take a look. And we're always adding to that list. We're constantly taking stuff always. off. Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's a really fun. It's a really good list. And I think it will make a lot of people angry enough that they will pay me $20 to come on here and make me watch it. You know. Boop. <laughs> No okay, big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight I've, again, and thank you, Alex, for for giving this a shot and then for liking this movie because it's a really great one. It's really near and dear to my heart. So this is always, like everything, the best case scenario, much like this movie itself. So we will see you next week, and goodbye for now. <laughs>